In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Uh, Chad Allen with you here today. Um, all by my lonesome hosting-wise, uh, Zach Romero is not here today, but don't worry. Uh, I am not all by my lonesome. Uh, we do indeed have a guest with us today, uh, one I'm very excited about and one that uh, is actually going to very interestingly kind of follow up from our guest last week uh with O'Shea Edwards and we'll talk more about that uh in a little bit here but uh right now I do have on the line with us the suplex assassin himself Alex Kane is on the line with us Alex welcome to the IndieCast thank you for having me I've been excited for this one definitely been excited for this one I wish wish Romero could be here but you know those uh those COVID shots are, are something else yeah, well, he's definitely yeah, he's definitely recovering, so that's okay. He'll it, it, as a as one of my other uh, as one of my other friends here from the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network said, it's like yeah, the COVID shot sucked, but it's better than getting COVID. So oh, that's kind of how we how we look at that it that way. So, um, so Alex, we're going to start the episode the way we do uh, with everybody. We have five questions we like to call the lightning round, um, partially to get rid of some of those really kind of dumb, obnoxious questions that you get asked on every podcast. Um, and then usually we fall off the rails by about question three. Um, so we'll get the, the obvious one out of the one out of the way right away. Question number one of the lightning round, who trained you and when did you debut? I was trained by the whole Fox and show AR Fox and I debuted September 2018. Very nice. Uh, question number two of the lightning round. What is your first wrestling memory? My first wrestling memory is playing WWF Warzone on my N6, my older brother's N64. Um, no, go ahead. No, no, no. Keep complete biomics. You're probably going to answer the question I was about to ask. Say more. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, was, I would play that, like, every day. I didn't necessarily, at the time, I didn't know, like, who all the characters were. But um, my older brother's friend, gave it to me he was like yo this is cool i think i was like six or seven um and i would i play that thing religiously i wasn't i wasn't very good at it that game was kind of hard for me but it it was definitely a good time all the time now who was your go-to who's this is kind of question one a two b then i guess Uh, who was your go-to in in that game when you were playing uh the rock the rock okay so you identified right away, not even being a wrestling fan, who the uh, who like the major star was out of everybody on that one. It sounds like so. Yeah, his the, the like his entrance music, like even even to this day, like I, anytime I listen to like Goosebumps, um, like what any any really any version past like the Rocky Maivia uh, stage, like it, like every time I hear it, like. My, I changed my walk and everything. I feel like I'm walking down the rock. I feel like I'm a rock. Like all I need is a turnbuckle. Let me put the fist up. Got to make sure the cameras are flashing. Thanks. Which is very interesting because actually a lot of people were talking on Twitter re- lately about how fire your theme music is. Uh, so yeah, you, there might be somebody out there like watching one of your uh, watching one of your matches right now who's having the same who's having the same thing with your music. So. Man, I hope so. I put it on uh, Spotify and Pandora, and I think just about every other streaming platform just for that. So nice. When people hear that shows, they they don't like. I, I always have a lot of people asking, like, why, like, what is that song? Like, where can I, um, where can I listen to it? And for a while, I was like, man, like, do I gotta like send like every every individual person a uh, an individual file? And I was like, you know what? Um, I went I went ahead and I bought the rights to my music. Uh, and then I was like, I'm just gonna put this out. So like, anytime I get like like new followers or something, like every every couple of weeks, every every month or so, I'll like make a post on Twitter, like, hey, if you've heard my music and you like it, it's on these, these platforms. 
Well, let's take a moment to put over who did. So, who did your theme music? What's it called? Uh, we'll give, and then then they can know what to look up for on uh, on Spotify when they want to go when they want to go jam out to it. Uh, the artist that did my music, his name is Lacey the Great. Um, the song on Pandora and Spotify is called The Suplex Assassin. Um, the artist is, he he allowed me to put myself as the artist. I kind of thought it was weird, but he was like, it is what it is. Um, but it's The Suplex Assassin by Alex Stanley. Okay. Very nice. Everybody go look that up when, when you're done. Li- hey, and if you're listening to this on Spotify, start searching for that now while you're listening. And then you can listen to it when the show's done. Don't listen to it now. Um, so, uh, question number three, and actually, interestingly, that we're talking about uh, music right now, kind of based off of something that you would put up on uh, on your social medias recently. What song's living in your head right now, rent free? Man, the con. Uh, let me think. There's a. I think it's like Don Tolliver uh, and Aaliyah. Or what, I think he like sampled Aaliyah. Okay. Um, oh, man. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> it's around here uh, somewhere. It's called, it's called No Idea and One in a Million. So I guess okay. a song of his and then a song and then One in a Million by Aaliyah, I imagine. Okay. Aaliyah, like, that song nice. is definitely a vibe. Definitely. Okay. I will have to look that one up later. Um, question number four. Oh, what's the best candy bar ever? The Fast Break. The Reese's Fast Break is the best candy bar ever. That is a damn good candy bar. You're not wrong. Yeah, I am anything, almost anything Reese's. I'm more of a fan of the Reese's Big Cups are my are my go to. But yeah, that Fast Break, especially with kind of that, because that's the one that had kind of the weird like peanut butter nougaty inside, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that favorite. is um, that is the big cup. Damn good. The big cup with the uh, with the Reese's pieces is really dope too. That that's good. Have you tried the one with the pretzels in it? I have not yet. You got to find have. that one. That one's amazing. I would definitely have to find that. One. Especially if you like the salty sweet thing. Yeah, hell yeah, that's the way to go. So, uh, question five of the uh, of the lightning round and the one that we have to ask everybody and probably one of our more important ones: uh, Marvel or DC, and why? I will say Marvel. Um, I feel Marvel's more practical to me as far as like like that as far as like the tv like their tv shows and stuff though their their superheroes are more practical um and like i feel like i can relate to them more dc's more of like like really superhero-y and like it can be annoying okay do you have anything about dc that you do like any any particular one or is it pretty much marvel and then who's your marvel who's your marvel go-to character I Marvel goes. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's. Like, I don't really have a Marvel go-to character. Okay. Um, but even even though I think DC can be annoying, I my I guess my favorite character is within DC, which should be the Flash. Really? Okay. I was I was because I'll be honest. Usually the way this question tends to go is. Marvel or Batman and why? So I'm I'm glad to hear the Flash instead. So why why the what is it about the Flash? Like he's the fastest man on the planet. Uh, he and like that's all he has to rely on. He ain't got no other like weird gadgets or anything. Like, all of his weapons are him. Like when I watched the uh, Flash show on um, uh, the CW, like mm-hmm. seeing him like phase through stuff and he does the like. Uh, like the arm tornado things, is, or yes. he'll run around somebody super fast and like take their breath away. Like that's cool to me. I feel like Grant Grant Gustin, the guy who stars in the CW show, got robbed. For, he should have really been the one playing it in the movies too. Oh yes, that the the flash they had in that show it was just in the movie. I'm just like, dude, like this, this is he's not it. He's not it. <laughs> uh. Now, Alex, we um, we made it through the lightning round. Very good. Thank you for that. Uh, I, I have to ask some very important questions. We have some serious things we have to deal with here. Um, right now, and I'm going to get it out of the way. I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off the very serious questions right now. Um, cinnamon Toast Crunch and Apple Juice. Explain it. So I saw it on TikTok. Whatever. I am a okay. TikTok connoisseur at this point. Um, and I, when I saw it, I was like, huh, really? You know what? I like to try new things. 
So I went and bought some apple juice. I had some cinnamon toast crunch. And I, I was a little weary of it at first. But when I poured the, the apple juice in and I took that first bite, I was like, you know what? This works. This really does work. It's like it's it's like wet apple pie. Okay. Best way to put it. It's really good though. I, if you haven't tried it, you should definitely try it. I have not tried it, and I will be honest, I um I was writing questions uh for this interview down uh yesterday and today and my daughter, my 10-year-old, was asking me about some of the questions I was writing. And she, I said, well, here, here's some of the things I'm looking at. And I showed her your social media. And she, and her immediate reaction is one of ab- abject horror. But um, we, we were starting to talk about it. And it's like, well, no, the, the flavoring makes sense. So yeah, I, I will. Uh, those apples and cinnamon not gone together. Right, exactly. So I guess I'm just such a milk, I'm such a milk person with my cereal that it's hard to wrap my brain around anything else in cereal other than that. So, um, I think if that post, people think that I don't use milk. I use, I still use milk. I use apple juice every now and then, but I'm going to always use milk. Okay. Now let me ask you a question that we, um, I have not asked this one in a while and I'm hoping you give the right answer to this question. Uh, when you are pouring a bowl of cereal, is it cereal and then milk, or milk and then cereal? Cereal and milk. Okay, and that's the correct answer. All right, we've had a few people that that put in the milk first somehow, and then pour the cereal on top of that. I don't know how you can get the ratio right that way. It you just can't get the ratio thing. right with that because then you don't you don't get as much cereal in the bowl. Right. It's, then it's mostly then it's mostly just milk. Then it's like, like just floating on top of the milk, right? So, yeah, and then you got then you got to like mix it in there to really get it good. Instead of you already having the cereal in the bowl, then you pour the milk in. Like I feel like people who put the milk first are psychopaths. I, and that was kind of our our thought on it too. And quite honestly, the people that have said it, I think, are a little crazy. So that, but that's okay. Um, let me go back a little bit because obviously you were talking about the the video games. Now that we got that serious question out of the way of apple juice and cinnamon toast crunch, um, <laughs> your video game question that actually kind of mixes in nicely to another tweet you had made not too long ago that the um, Attitude Era had the best the best storyline or SmackDown from the Attitude Era. Let me specify, make that specific. Had the best storylines. Um, what storylines in particular are you kind of picturing on that one? And, and um, you know, kind of, do you have any other time frames that you think that that matches up to that other than other than that uh, Attitude Era SmackDown? I can't give you an exact storyline. My brain doesn't work like that. Okay. What like what like, like, like I think it was a few weeks ago. Like I was just sat down and I just started watching like SmackDown from like. 2000, 2001, 2002, um, and just, uh, and I think like 99. Um, I was I initially started watching it because I just wanted to hear Triple H's My Time theme song because that's one of my favorite theme songs of all time. That um, theme song is amazing. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, but like just watching it, like, like I mean, like, I guess compared to today, like, like I feel like back then, like, no matter where you were on the card, everybody mattered. Like, everybody was in some kind of story. Um, and, like, sometimes they would pay them off that night. Sometimes they'd pay them off on a pay-per-view. But, like, there was always, like, a constant thing going. It wasn't just, like, the same people on TV. Every um, there was always something new going on. Um, and I feel like, like, then, like, I don't know if they could do it now, but then, like, the stories kind of mimic what was going on in like real life, everyday life. Um, sometimes they push the envelope. Like I remember uh, the whole nation, the whole nation of domination thing in the in the Heart Heart Foundation, and also the thing that they did with DX, which how DX got away with doing blackface on TV is beyond me. But it, that's that's another that's another story for another day. Right. But like, it was it was always interesting. It's always always interesting, and the fact that I can go back today and watch and still be entertained and still like um like yeah to be to still be entertained by what I'm watching like that speaks volumes. Like I don't know what it's gonna be like in fifty sixty years when little kids go back and they watch what they're watching now. Um, because I enjoy what's what's going on now, but like. I feel like if we compare the two as far as like story and like all the theatrics and stuff, like 
the attitude era takes takes the cake every time. Do you think there's anything WWE can be doing now that they should be more taking away from the attitude era? And do you think there, I mean, other than obviously, and like you said, the DX thing, how that ever, how anybody a looked at that and said, that's a great idea and let it go to air some days still surprises me to this day. Um, But is there anything other than something like that from the attitude era that maybe they should have been taking a, a, a look at as uh, that would need to be reworked that would that we could take from now looking back in hindsight to to rework and make that a little bit better um i like i think like now they're kind of like they're kind of stuck a little bit because what now i think then i don't think then they were a publicly traded company and they didn't have like all the investors and stuff i think now since they're publicly traded and they have all these investors and stuff and all these investors like oh we want to do this um, or we want to see that, like, um, I think they're, I, I think it's kind of hard for them to, like, push the envelope also, because, like, back then, like, I think that, yeah, yeah, back then, they didn't, there weren't so many restrictions on what you could have on television, obviously, going back to the DX Blackface. Um, so, I think now, they kind of have, they're kind of, like, handcuffed to just being PG. And I get why they're PG because little kids love wrestling or whatever. But like, I feel like they could bump it up to even PG thirteen or whatever. Like, I feel like, like when they started getting rid of like more like the backstage segments uh, or like the funny stuff, I feel like they could get back to some of the comedy. Because I feel like they're going. I feel like all of wrestling is going too far towards oh, we got to be real sport, we got to be sports sport, uh, like and like. If I wanted to watch, like, if I wanted to watch wrestling as as the UFC or watch wrestling as like Monday Night Football, then like I just watch Monday Night Football. Right. There's no drama, um, and I feel like they've removed some of the drama. I wish they would go. I wish I like the stuff uh, like the stuff they do with our truth or like the twenty four seven championship. I wish there were more segments like that with in every like little facet in every little division um it doesn't always have to be so serious it doesn't need to be wrestling's an escape people are trying to escape from their everyday lives um and if it's if it's wrestling on tv is just as serious as real life then what are we doing here like i want to be entertained i need i need like like real 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 in-depth characters like when i look at if you look at like any of the guys that were in the attitude era and you look at them now, like they, you can really see the long, the, like the really long term booking or whatever up till now. Like, and it's crazy. Like Triple H started off as this, um, this noble, this noble a-hole or whatever. Then he switched to, um, to, to bucking the system. Um, then he switched, then, then he went to becoming the system then he went to becoming the game, um, and then he's now he is like really the, now he is like top dog, top tier, the system. Like he runs everything. He's in control. So like I feel like Triple H and like DX would look at Triple H now and be like, what character wise? Like what are you doing? Like right. This is this is this is not who you're supposed to be. Um, so yeah, I I think they could I think they could kind of like loosen up a little bit and just have more fun. Now, let, I, and I, and I completely agree with your sentiment on that one here, because I, I think you're right. They do take themselves a little too seriously some days with, with a, you know, and they've got some, they definitely have some bright spots. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but now, now what do you think, obviously, cause you're on the independent scene and we're obviously running an independent wrestling podcast here. What do you think of some of the things that the independent scene is doing right as compared to what WWE is doing? And, and what are some of the things other than obviously a much bigger budget? Do you think that the, um, independent scene could probably be, should probably be taking from WWE right now? Um, so, um, I feel, I mean, on the indies, like, you have, like, all of the creative control, and, like, 
um, you can you can really like be yourself. Um, and I feel like there are some characters like on TV, like NXT, even on the main roster, where it's like. <sighs> Like the person is portraying a certain character, but like I'm, I can't connect with this character because this person is what they're connected with. This character. Um, they feel it just feels like some people are just playing roles, just play roles. Right. Like with Apollo Cruz right now, like before he was just like the smiling, athletic dude or whatever, and I don't feel like he like he, he really had a connection to who Apollo Cruz. But like now that he's able to bring out his Nigerian roots and really be himself. Because, like, I don't know, a lot of people are like, oh, he has an accent now. I'm like, the man is Nigerian. Right. Called code switching. He can switch it to, to talk an everyday American, or he can switch it and speak Nigerian or whatever. I think that is dope. That is awesome. Because now, now he can really, like, he can really get into who Apollo Crews is now. Um, I feel like for, like, the indies, as far as... as I hate seeing. I hate watching matches and seeing people blow through like, like, like the chain. Like I guess like the chain wrestling aspect that normally happens in the beginning. Of the match. Um, I hate when dudes blow through that. Like WWE, like especially NXT, they do a really, really good job. A really good job of really like wrestling each other, like really fighting each other. And I feel like a lot of times in the independents, like guys are just like, oh, but you know. We're just gonna blow through this so we can get to the running spot or whatever, because that's what people want to see or whatever. We want we want to pop right now instead of building to those high spots. That's what makes the high spot a high spot. You start start over here. You you're, you're building it. It's going slow. Maybe people may be clapping. People may be not clapping. You don't let them tell you what you're doing. Whatever you tell them, what's reacting. And then once you get to that high spot, whatever that high spot is, then Nine times out of ten, they're gonna come up because it's like, oh my god, that was amazing! That was amazing. Um, and then, like another thing, like, like sometimes like the continuity in independent wrestling matches is lost. Like, um, we're in there, we're fighting, we're we're in a fight. Or whatever. I want to win, no matter no matter what the stipulation is. I want to win. Um, so if I've so if I put you down with something. And you're on your back. I should pin you, right? But I see a lot of like I see a lot of guys on independence. They'll go and pick them up and then put them back down for something else. Why? Let him get. If anything, let him get up himself, and then put him back down. But don't pick somebody up. You're already in a winning position. Right. Absolutely. That's right. That's my. Now I'm Well, I've got I've got another one that might cause a rant for you here, but that's okay. Um. The you had another uh, you had another thing you put up recently. If you only stay in your area or region, you uh, can't claim to be overlooked or underappreciated. Um, I don't know if there was something specific that kind of got that set, but t- uh, talk a little bit more about that uh, that thought right there. Man, I've I know so many dudes that talk about how like people won't book them or you know uh, I'm so talented. Like why am I why am I getting better opportunities? And from what I've learned in my in this time of my of my stock rising right now is like if unless you have unless you're like just a superstar or whatever, but then if you're a superstar, people are gonna contact you. But unless you're just like a superstar, like super, I guess like draw or whatever, or like you're like really really popular, promotions aren't just gonna slide in your DM because they probably don't know who you are. And so many guys, they just want, they or they just want to uh, message the message the book um, or the promoter and expect to get a spot. When there's all these other guys that are making the trip from from way out, or maybe yeah, from way out um, of to another state to get a spot. If if I have a guy that message, if I was a booker and a guy messaged me and said he wants the spot, he's gonna send me all of his his highlight tapes and all this stuff. Honestly, I don't really care about highlight tapes, but you send me your highlight tapes, um, uh, and you you think that you're that's gonna get you in good with me. And then I have this other guy that he may have messaged me, but he took the extra step to come to my show. He he doesn't know if he's gonna get a spot. He doesn't know if he's gonna get paid. 
Um, he doesn't even know if I'm actually going to even talk to him. But that guy can't come. He sets up. Um, and I already know I, that the promoter and booker are watching you when you get to the when you get to the building. If you're especially if you're there, you want a spot. If you're helping, you're setting up. Um, you're, you're you know you're trying to do everything in your power to make sure everything runs as smoothly as possible, um, as smoothly as you can make it run as possible. I'm sorry, with my work. Um, and if you just stay in your if you just stay in your little region or your state and you think that you're going to blow up somehow that people are that you know WWE or AEW or, or TNA or ROH are watching you at your small town show that isn't even being recorded or they that they sent somebody to come see you, then you're 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 playing yourself. Like I if your if your goal if your goal in this business is to be on TV, then you have to get out to places that have bigger fan base. Because if they have a big fan base, that means people are watching this show. Um, I'm really big on Twitter. If you're not if you're a professional wrestler and you're not on Twitter, you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, Twitter is hard. It's extremely difficult. Um most of the stuff that, unless it's like another, unless it's a show like posting a clip from a sh- or a gif or something, or somebody that's watching a show, or they post a, a gif of my of something I did in a match, like you know, you don't get that much play. And you, a lot of people want to get on Twitter and post again, post their highlight videos and all this other stuff. But like the Twitter, one thing I learned from Effie was the Twitter algorithm is not going to be nice to you if you do that. You have to be able to like grab people from other uh, uh, demographics or whatever. So like um, the, some of the tweets that I, that I, the uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Apple Juice, soda. that has nothing to do with wrestling, but it's going to get people talking about it. It's either, people are either going to be like, oh my God, that's gross, or yo, I might try that, whatever, but it's going to get, it's going to, it's going to gain some traction and people are going to look at it and be like, yo, this, uh, this is interesting. And, and I feel like with stuff like that, Twitter algorithm is going to be like, well, you know, uh, he, I know he posts some of his wrestling stuff, but with some of the other stuff that he posts, uh, he can, he can move people. He can, he can create traffic or whatever. So we, we'll be nice to him on this. Um, I'm, I think that one, I think that got like 20, 30,000 impressions. A whole bunch of just like chatter and stuff in the comments. Um, so, like, don't tell me that that you're underappreciated or you're 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 uh, just underrated. Is that the right word? Underrated. I, it works. Um, yeah, you're you're underrated if you're not putting in the work to get seen. There's all of these shows out here, especially all these shows on IWTV, Action, Sup, Paradigm, shows like that, um, like they're they're here, they're out there. You just got to go to them, and you do that enough times. I'm sure that a booker who see or a promoter who sees that you are hungry um, and that you that that you want that spot will ultimately give you some kind of opportunity. You you've earned that opportunity. He gives you an opportunity that you earn, and then and then when you get the opportunity, you bring your A game. You bring you have to bring your A game. You have to show up and perform. And if you bring your A game and you know and you have the best match, then you know even more doors will open. But if you never take that, if you never take that step or get in that car, um, and go to that show, then Again, you're doing yourself a disservice, and I, I personally don't want to hear about it. Well, let's talk a little bit about actually. Um, you you did have an ama- uh, an amazing match fairly recently. I mean, a lot of a lot of your matches are amazing, but one in particular I want to talk about um, was from last month. At speaking of action, at at action, um, and it was. Um, you taking on our guest from last week, uh, O'Shea Edwards. 
uh, and uh, the match was hard hitting as all get out. You guys put on a show, and at the end of that match, um, he handed over his beads to you, which I have seen you continue to come out with ever since that's been presented. Uh, tell me a little bit about that match. And um, he admitted to us, he told us on the show, because we talked about it with him last week, um, that that was not anything that was like pre-planned or set up. That was, that was, you know, basically from his heart from that one for you. So tell me, tell me about kind of what the, how that felt uh, getting that uh, kind of that, that rub. I hate that term, but it's the one that's in my brain right now from O'Shea. Man, that, that meant the world, that really meant the world to me. Like, um, I met O'Shea at the Future Showcase um, at PWE in uh, Chattanooga, I believe. Um, and, like, just, like, instantly, like, I mean, I never, I, I mean, I've seen him, like, I've seen him on, like, social media, and I've seen him, like, on other shows and stuff, but, like, never got a chance to, like, actually, like, talk to him. And he was so inviting, and he was so, um, uh, he was so personable. Um, and like, I had, I had so many questions. I had so many questions. And he, I mean, when he had time, like he would, he sat, he sat there, he listened to me and, um, he answered all my questions and like, not just, uh, yes or no, like he went into detail, like all my questions. Um, and then, uh, like he let me, he let me sit in on him, like putting a match together. Um, which it it was like listening to someone speak another language because the, the the level in which he the level in which he puts his matches together is is is, is on another is, is on another cloud. But um, just like he's all he's he's like since then he's always been like, kind of like a big brother to me. Um, like even I'll message him I message him and talk to him like every other day now. Um, and then, like, to have that match with him and to be able to tell that the story that we told, um, which was basically him passing the torch to me. Um, and, like, I didn't, I mean, I mean, like, I knew that's kind of what, like, the theme was, but, like, I didn't know he was literally going to give me those beats. Like, and, like, when, in, the, and in that moment, like, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry so bad. I really did. I couldn't do it because I was like, character, you're in character. You can't cry. You're in character. Whatever. You're a ruthless assassin. You can't cry. But that was, that was, that was, that's go, definitely goes in my top, like, number one moments in wrestling that I've had. And deservedly. So, actually, you very interesting that you, you mentioned that. And this is a, um, uh, something from, uh, WrestleMania uh, recently, uh, the, the main event of night one uh, was obviously Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. And um, I did find that very interesting that Bianca, before the match had even started, um, already had tears going before things even had gotten moving just because of the overall um, thought of it. Do you feel like some days that, that more people don't put more of that real emotion into it? Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. People want to be so cool. Like, I mean, even like I said, like when I wanted to cry, I wasn't because I was trying to be cool. I was just was trying to be my character. But, um, like people, everybody wants to be so cool, and people don't understand that we are taking people on a ride in in that wrestling room. We are taking them on an emotional roller coaster. Without the emotion, none of what we do in there really matters. We're just fighting each other at that point. But. Once you mix that that real emotion, something that people can like really sink their teeth into, seeing like seeing Bianca in there like about like about to cry or whatever because of the the magnitude of the moment that was happening, two black women main eventing a WrestleMania in a in a championship match, um, like that's huge. So, like, I, that we, there definitely needs to be more of that kind of emotion. Like, when I was watching, when Roman first came back, and I think he was wrestling, G, was it Jimmy or so? Or Jay? I think it was Jay. Um, and just that match, they didn't do anything. They literally did nothing. I mean, they did stuff, but they literally did nothing. It was all, it was the facial expressions, it was the body language, it was, it was the words that were being spoke is what made that match like 
amazing. That match was amazing. It just it was just as amazing as oh no, probably, no Bianca and Sasha was way more amazing. But um, but that's from my own personal reason. But like that emotion, like that's what people that's what people want. And people don't. If people say they don't want that. They do. Um, they just need to be in the. They just need to be in the right situation. But I, like every match needs some level of emotion. I I personally think, and I'm glad you brought up the the Roman Jey Uso match. The the match that they did, and I I know I'm going to get flack for this. I'm I could probably have to make this the clip just so people can yell at me for it. Um, the Hell in the Cell I Quit match that those two had maybe other than Undertaker and Mankind for obvious reasons, maybe one of my favorite Hell in the Cell matches either. And you're absolutely right. It wasn't like it was a blood fest. It wasn't a like like there wasn't eight billion huge crazy spots. Nobody necessarily like went flying or anything like that. But the raw emotion between the two of them, you know, Jay fighting for his life and Roman, you know, trying to show that dominance and the way it ended with Jimmy coming out and all of that, I I think was one of the the most interesting things I think I've seen in quite a long time. And I wish I wish more people would stop and take a look at that and realize that 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 can be something that can really draw people in if done correctly. Because um, I don't know if it is done correctly anymore um, or not as much. Uh, Bianca proved that a little bit, I guess, for us. So, yeah. Uh, um, and, and, you know, another thing, and um, I'm, I'm completely off my questions, but I don't care here because I'm interested to get your thought on this one here. Um, the uh, Bianca Sasha match obviously made history due to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, obviously again we have females that are main eventing a WrestleMania, but also to black females that are main eventing WrestleMania, and I can tell you that I my two daughters are both mixed race. My wife is black. Uh, and I know that when I had my daughters sit down and watch that later on, um, they were so into it partially because it's a, they both really enjoy wrestling. They both enjoy women's wrestling, but they both got to see somebody, you know, see people that look more like them out there. Um, I, I do know that the four of the culture show was, uh, over WrestleMania weekend and, and, that uh, seemed to get a lot of great interest. I know Effie's Big Gay Brunch was this weekend um, and got a lot of interest, and you were, uh, you were, I know you were at that one there. So, um, uh, talk to me a little bit about representation and and how much that that makes a difference, not only today but maybe even for you when you were when you were coming up. Um, what what does that mean to to you as a wrestler and to and to you know fans? That are arrest that are wrestling fans. Man, everybody wants when whenever you're watching, whether it's like a TV show or a movie, like you want to you you ultimately like deep down inside want to see somebody on that screen that looks like you. Um, and like like over the years, like wrestling has like opened up more and more and more and more and more as far as representing LGBTQ wrestlers and and, and black wrestlers and and wrestlers of all. Oh, nationalities and stuff. Um, and like for me, like we had been growing up. I we had I would have, would have had The Rock and Booker T, Shelton Benjamin. Like, um, like being like having seen someone on screen that I could really relate to. Like that. I mean, we may not have we may not have had the same struggles, but like, like, but I don't know them personally. But like. Like seeing them, like I can like imagine that that they kind of know what I'm going through, or whatever, in my day to day. Um, and like I, I might get some flack for this, but like no matter no matter what, like whether I'm I mean if I'm babyface, definitely, but, but even if I'm a heel, like I if a little black kid ever comes up to me and wants to like slap my hand or wants an autograph or wants something, like I will never turn them down. I won't be mean to them or whatever because I mean I won't be generally won't be mean to any child, but especially the little kid that looks like me. Um because like, that's what that's what I ultimately want to be a hero to. I want little kid I want little black kids to look at me and be like, I want to be just like Alex Payne one day. Like that's that's what I want for myself. That is that is a goal for myself. 
Um, and like seeing like Bobby and seeing Kofi like reach like the top of the mountain, like finally reaching reaching the top of the mountain. I mean, I know like I know TNA has been doing has always been. I mean, Impact has always been good on that. Um, and when AEW finds like their guy or whatever, like I feel like they'll be good on that too. Um, but just like seeing that and like like being able to like kind of like show like the rest of the industry like 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 we like black people we watch wrestling like we're fans of wrestling like um and like we're we're a market you should definitely like like sink sink your teeth into and like really like um and not just like cast us off to the side um so representation on every like level is I mean because like there's some, there's always somebody from from any uh, group or any background or any nationality watching your product. So like, if you don't have somebody in, on your product that's presented in, uh, I don't know, because I think even heels can be presented in a positive light in a way, because people are heels anyway. Like, as long as they're being, as long as like you have, like people are being presented in a positive light, people can watch it and be like, yo, this guy is awesome, and he looks like me. Like this, this is amazing. Like this is what I want to do because that's what creates that next generation of wrestling. Um, that's what that's what keeps the that's what keeps the uh the, I guess like the factory going. Um. So yeah, I think I, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, no, definitely. I, and by the way, I think a, I think AEW, and this is just my opinion, and I'm interested briefly on your thought on this one here. I think AEW has that type of guy that they could be using, and I don't know why they're not using him more. I think Scorpio Sky should get pushed to the moon, but that's just me. Um, I really dig Scorpio Sky. Um, so I, th- I think so. Like I know a lot of people, they get they always get mad at WWE for like not pushing the people that they want or whatever right there. And what I've learned from watching WWE, like really watching it, like from even from a business, from like a business standpoint, is they can't give you what you want right now, like in this year or maybe even in a couple years, because sure. they're because it's, it's a slow it's a slow burn, it's a slow build. Like I remember when Bobby came back, like everybody wanted him to be WWE champion right there. They wanted him and Brock. True. Right there. Um, and like looking looking back on it, I'm glad that they didn't do it then, because like I mean Bobby. Like Bobby's always going to be a name, but um, like he wasn't—he wasn't built at that point to be in that scene. Like he, yeah, he looks—he's always looked like it, but he wasn't built as a character to be in that scene. And right. then for him to uh, like really like take these like character this this long ass character progression or whatever from being with Leo to um, to the whole Lana thing that because the whole Lana thing like people. Not about that sometimes it was like that added another dimension to his character. It was silly, but it added another dimension to his character. And then with the hurt business, like when the hurt when the hurt business was put together, like like then I could like really see like this guy is definitely like ready like to be to be that guy. Right. He's definitely ready to be that guy. And 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 with like the, with the hurt business itself, like that really brought in like more eyes from the black community, I think, or whatever, into wrestling. It's like, yo, these dudes are dope. Like, like a, a like a an all black faction. Like, we ain't had that since the nation. Or I mean, I mean, New Day, New Day, yeah, but like New Day is more like fun and fun stuff. Right. Yo, we 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 here. <laughs> we really out here. Um. So. Like so, I think the same thing is probably gonna happen with Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky is gonna get, but if they did, I don't, I don't think that any most any wrestling company at that level signs people just to keep them somewhere. Also, but I mean, also like everybody isn't meant to be the top guy. True. Because like even watching, I have to go back to WWE with that. But even watching like some of these like uh, these. What do you even call them? They're not documentaries. They're like, they're like kind of like behind the scenes stuff. It's seen like I would still call that a, like a mini documentary. I, I like your wording on that. Yeah, they're, they're mini docs. Like seeing like, um, seeing like, like I think I was watching someone like Nia Jax, and she was talking about like being champion, like all of the press and all of this stuff that they have to do, like, like being champion, like literally eats up their schedule. 
Like, they don't have, like, a whole lot of time to themselves. Like, even looking at John Cena, like, how he how he still managed to look as awesome as he did with all of the stuff that he had to do mm-hmm. when he uh, on that 15-year run, boy. Cool. So, like, you should all, I think everybody should want to be in that spot, but you have to be, you, you have to be ready to be in that spot. So that comes with a lot of responsibility because especially even as a champion, as a top guy, like you gotta, you gotta be able to put like, I mean, I mean, I know with COVID or whatever, like you're really not putting asses in seats, really putting asses on screen. But still, right. You gotta be able to, you gotta be a champion that people want to see. So but I think Bobby now is a champion that people want to see. And I feel like one day Scorpio Sky will be a champion that people really, really want to see. And I think AEW will capitalize on Scorpio Sky being that guy when the time is right. I think as fan as fans sometimes, like we think that we always know what's best, but like they're writing like they're they're we're thinking from a fan standpoint. They're thinking they're probably thinking from a fan standpoint and from a business standpoint. So they gotta right. do everything at a certain time or whatever to get the most out of it. Right now they're getting the most out of Bobby Lashley. Um so when Scorpio Sky when the Scorpio Sky's time or whatever, like it, he'll be at the height and he will be that guy. Everybody will be talking like everybody's already talking about Scorpio Sky, but everybody will really be talking about Scorpio Sky. Sure. So they they're gonna do it. They're definitely gonna do it. Um but the you know there's it's gotta do it in the time frame in which they have. Very nice. Well now um one thing that I did see on Twitter recently is um, obviously, you're moving into the right spots to be that guy, to be noticed, uh, because apparently you are now starting to get what uh, what somebody, I believe, dubbed on Twitter as wrestling moms. Uh, yes. So, so talk, talk a little bit about wrestling. I've never heard this term before. This is a first, and I've been doing the show for a while, and I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. Tell me a little bit about wrestling. I mean, I get the basic idea, I think, but tell me about wrestling, having wrestling moms. Um, they're... It's funny. They're less. They're. I mean, they're. They have mom-like qualities, but they're more of like. I think of more of like 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 really cool aunties to have. Okay. Um, uh, but like, I don't. I, I clearly can't even think about like how it even came to be. Um, but they're. I mean, for me, they like really like. I mean, they're they're. I mean, they're they're fans. They're moms. They're also friends. So it's like it's someone like. That really like can like keep you grounded and like like not let it get not let not let things get to your head or whatever. Okay. Like they like my wrestling moms, they like I mean they'll let me know when I did good or whatever, but like they won't like let it like go to my head. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna be like gassing me up to to a thousand or whatever. But right. yeah, you, that was awesome. But you know you gotta keep you gotta keep it pushing. You gotta keep putting out. Like these good, these great matches that you're doing, you gotta stay on this level. Um, and like, I feel like everybody should have wrestling moms. Um, it's, I feel like it's just, it's, it's a very, it's a very important. Mm, I don't know how to word this. It's a very important tool to have in your bag. I don't like calling people tools, but it's an important tool to have. In I think I think they would under I think they would understand your reasoning if they're listening right now. So if you're one of her, if you're one of Alex's wrestling moms, don't take the tool thing personally. It's it's a good thing in this instance. I it, I, I I think it was meant with the best intentions. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Uh, before I get into the final three questions here, I do have one last question I have to ask you here. You are obviously the suplex assassin. Um, now other than yourself, uh, obviously you are, uh, I'm going to take you out of this equation here who had the better suplexes. And I'll actually give you the three options I wrote down, but if you have a, a fourth option, I missed by all means fill in, but I have Taz, Kurt Angle or Chris Benoit. Taz, because Taz had more of a variety. True. I mean, Kurt Angle and Benoit. Benoit really just threw German. He really just threw German suplexes, and then Kurt when Kurt had the German suplex and he had the the overhead belly to belly. But um, Taz had a variation for like every every situation, I think. 
Have you studied up on on Taz? Because I mean, you you do have a great variety of suplexes as well. It's not just you're you're not just a one trick pony as it comes to your suplexes. Do you have you been kind of studying tapes oh, of Taz to 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 borrow well, some? Oh yeah, I've I've I have uh I think it's like a sixty moves of Taz or something like that or like or something like Taz a tribute video like saved in a playlist on my YouTube. Or whatever. Nice. I go back to every now and again. Um, and like even like now I'm like I'm like I watch I watch like a lot of like uh like New Japan and uh, like all Japan stuff or whatever trying to trying to find like new ways to manipulate the body to throw it so um yeah I'm I'm always studying suplexes I'm always trying to find like the next the next thing like the next thing I can bust out so people would be like oh snap that was awesome. Well, Alex, we're going to go ahead and get into uh, what we call our final three questions here. The first one we uh, lovingly refer to as the Trevin Adams Memorial question, even though Trevin is not dead. Trevin, if you're listening, hey. Um, That question goes thusly. It's uh, late at night. You're doing the drives. You're on your way home after uh, another match where you've thrown somebody about 12 different ways to Sunday. Um, And you've got a rumbly in your tumbly. You're hungry right now. And you come over a uh, hill. And you see a shining beacon of light of food wonderfulness coming over the hill for you. Is that shining beacon a sheet or is that shining beacon a Wawa? Wawa. Though Wawa. I feel though I feel that's the wrong answer, why Wawa? Um I've never I've actually never been to a sheets. Okay. Then no, that's that, that then, then that's a viable answer there then. So when definitely when you when you did do get to go to a sheets. We'll have you back on, and then you can give us a, a, a an apt comparison from that point. So, um, right. uh, question uh, number two of the final three. Um, in this uh, wonderful performance art we call professional wrestling, sadly, we do tend to lose a lot of talent early. Um, that being said, if there was somebody who is no longer with us that was involved in any way with the sport of professional wrestling that you could work with, learn from, et cetera, uh, who would that be and why? Eddie Guerrero. No, Eddie. Like, Eddie. I, huh? Nope, go ahead. Like, like, I did a William Regal seminar like a year or two ago. Very nice. A year ago. And he was talking about how, like, Eddie would, like, he, like before the show, uh, like, he would, like, he'd go, like, to, like, the curtain or whatever. I think it was probably, like, one of the curtains, not the stage, but, like, um, one of those like side curtains or whatever um, that some wrestlers dip off to sometimes. But like he'd go and he'd listen to the crowd. He'd go and he'd listen or whatever, and he'd know exactly what kind of crowd um, it was. And in every city, it didn't matter. He knew exactly what kind of crowd it was and exactly like how to deliver to get that crowd going. That's special. That is special. Like the only other person I can think of right now that can re- that can really really do that is like Randy Orton, um, and like uh, he like Eddie was just like watching. He was just so fun. Like he could be like he had like when he was serious. Like he had them serious moments, and he was like this man that snapped. He done snapped. Like that whole the whole little feud he had with uh not little with big feud, but the whole feud he had with like Ray. I was like mm-hmm. like I think when I was a kid, I think I. Basically, like, not this, but I really hated him at that point. I really, really hated this movie. And that's what you want. You want people to, like, really hate that character. You want people to really, really hate that character. Um, and I feel like he's, I mean, from the, uh, I mean, up until he died, like, he had, like, he'd been, he'd been in the spotlight for, for so long. And there's just, there would just be so much to learn from him. Like how how to work, like how to like really work, not just like what some people say today, but like really like work a crowd. Like he really knew how to work a crowd. He could get anybody going, I think. Now I will be honest, Eddie Guerrero is obviously probably uh the number one answer to this question that we get when we ask this one. So what was your favorite what was your favorite uh, kind of version of Eddie? Was it like Gringos Locos Eddie, ECW Eddie, uh Light Cheat and Steel Eddie, um Latino Heat? Uh which which version was uh was your go to for uh, for Eddie? Uh, uh Latino Heat 
most of it. And then uh, I believe it was last year in Steel, I think when he got the theme where it kind of sounded like a phone was going off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it was a phone. Yeah, that one. But like Latino Heat, like like attitude, like um, like like invasion, and like around that time, I just liked that he was just so smooth. Yeah, he was so smooth, so smooth. He was just he was just fun. He was comical. He was funny. Um, I really liked um uh his uh storyline with China. Um, classic man. So, uh, Alec, final question from here. Uh, we here at the IndyCast believe that all uh, animals in nature have certain traits to assist with their survival. Giraffes have the long necks, rhinos have the big horns, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, our belief is that the human's trait is the ability to use tools. So, with that being said, the suplex assassin, Alex Kane, if you could fight any animal, what animal would it be, and what weapon would you use? I would fight. Yeah, I'm gonna pick this one because I've seen a, I've seen a, a, a gif of it, and it was funny. I'd fight a deer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a deer. And what do you what are you using to fight the deer? I'm a German suplex. I'd be that there. Deer. You go. You ain't need shit, but the suplex. You're absolutely right. So, was was there a reason for a di- for the deer in particular, or what? What was the What was the gift? I, I keep it's this gift of this like old this old this older gentleman or whatever. I think it was like some anime show. Um, but he's like he, he's like wrestling the he's wrestling the deer, um, and the deer like charges him, and he gets behind the deer. He's he he grabs his hand, and he just takes the he takes that deer over for like. A nice bridging German. Well, very. <laughs> I love it. A deer, German suplex a deer. So, well, uh, Alex, this is the uh, part in the episode where one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, let people know where they can find your social media, buy your merchandise. Um, see you next. The floor, sir, is yours. Okay. So, uh, April 16th, I'll be at Action Wrestling in Tyrone, Georgia. I'm taking on uh, Brandon, the locksmith, Brandon Williams. Um, and then Saturday, that Saturday, April 17th, I'll be in, uh, I believe, it'll be in Indiana at Podcade. Um, it's a benefit, do- benefit show for dogs. Pretty, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to see all the doggies and throw around Charles and Cruel. Um, my Twitter is Alex underscore Kane 11. Um, go follow me because I, I like followers. Um, I've got a YouTube page. Uh, just type in Alex Kane Wrestling because there's an, apparently an artist named Alex Kane uh, that's not a rapper. He's a rock star, apparently. Um, let's see. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, Alex Kane. Um, I just I just posted a like I got like a just really cool logo made. Um, and I, I just got it today, and it's like this death metal logo with my, like, but like, with my name spelled out. It looks awesome. I saw that. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it looks amazing. Um, and I, I've got, I'm getting, I guess by the time this is released, the all the um, designs should be on there. Um, but all like all my t-shirts and stuff are on ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's in the works right now. Like I'm still testing it, but I'm developing a booking app for wrestling. Okay. Hopefully, make the booking process easier. Kind of like take it off of like Twitter and Facebook, and like allow like promotions and wrestlers to have a space without like the the hustle and bustle of fans and all that other stuff or whatever, where they can just do business in one place. But uh, it's called the Wrestling Match app, which is funny. Uh, okay. But uh, yes, yeah, I've got that. I've got that in the works. Um, I think that's it. Is that like booking? That sounds like booking tw- uh, booking Tinder. Uh, but I don't know if that's the uh, if that's quite quite what you're what you're going that's for. Where, just... Honestly, that's where I want to go with it. It's just okay. like trying to build like a Tinder style app that's extremely expensive. Um, so right now it's 
more like LinkedIn right now, but once okay. I'm able to amass the funds, it'll definitely be indirect. Very nice. Well, Alex, once again, we uh, we thank you for joining us on the IndyCast this week. It has been a pleasure having you on. To all of our uh, wrestling nerds out there, uh, thank you once again for tuning in to the IndyCast uh, and uh, the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. If you haven't clicked subscribe already, why not? You should go do that right now in whatever app you're on. Go ahead and do it. And then if you're on Spotify especially, go listen to Alex's theme music. It's right on here as well. Uh, but uh, until next time, everybody, uh, I am, uh, as always, Chad Allen, and uh, we always say, deuces. Hello. Hope I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners, touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.